This is episode 206 of the Beyond the Food show. And today it's chapter six of She's Beyond the Food, My Story 2.0. Stay tuned for some vulnerable moments. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food. It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. Welcome in to She's Beyond the Food Chapter 6, My Story 2.0. This is an update from two years ago. So episode 101 of the podcast was my first time putting my full story out there. And I had a friend of mine, probably one of the best interviewer, Sean Croxton, interview me. And I gave him carte blanche to ask me all the questions. It lasted 90 minutes. So if you haven't listened to this, perhaps you want to go back to this, but you'll see how different my perspective on my story and the update is different. And I also want to thank Edna. So she will recognize herself. She's one of my long, long term fan on social media and on The podcast here, who requested this episode? She's like, it's been a long time you haven't done a She's Beyond the Food. So this is for you, sister. And by the way, she's an amazing singer. I'll link to her account. She has a public account. I'll link to her account in the show notes. So go check her out. So today's episode is going to be my story 2.0. And I formatted it under lesson learned. And the concept of seeing what happens to us in life as an opportunity of learning, an opportunity for growth. And this is a huge mindset shift for people who are currently in a victim-type mode mindset, right? Life happens to me instead of for me. And if you are in that mindset where you are the victim of life and everything is done to you, you perhaps will get triggered in this episode. So if any one of you listen and feels attacked or trigger, take that as a sign that you need to work on your mindset, that you are in that life happens to me instead of for me. And when I mean for me, I mean again, Things happen in my life so I can learn, grow, transform, and become another version of myself. And that is the shift of mindset that also happen when we move from dieting to intuitive eating, right? When we are in the diet mindset, like our body is our enemy, our body is working against us, right? Life is terrible, When we move to intuitive eating, we have to make that mindset shift that we are in a relationship of collaboration and symbiosis with our body. Where I am in my own journey, and the reason why I coach others is because I'm a couple step ahead of you, and I've made that shift, that transition, probably like seven, 
it's not a point on the calendar, but seven to five years ago around that time, that shift. And now when I work with people, they're my teacher, right? So not only things happen in my life to teach me, but my clients, my followers, the comments that I get are people that are in my life to teach me a lesson, That's how I formatted this podcast, because I think this is where most of us will learn from my story. And the reason why I share my story, right, the reason why I'm a public figure is because I believe that part of my purpose of being in life is sharing my story so others can learn, be inspired and be potentially transformed from being inspired by my story. Now, one thing I want to point out before we go further, I often get this comment from people that read or listen to my story and they say, oh, you make it look like so easy, like it was easy for you, but it's so difficult for me. So I want you to understand that all along this journey, I was extremely uncomfortable. I was extremely anxious. I was afraid, but... At some point, I made the decision to see discomfort as an opportunity for change. I equipped myself with tools that when I felt discomfort, I wasn't paralyzed by it. And I keep saying that all the time. If you're waiting for the moment, you're not going to feel afraid. It's never going to come. You have to learn to feel uncomfortable, to feel discomfort, to feel fear, yet still move forward and shift your point of view on fear, shift your point of view on discomfort instead of being something to be avoided into something to be welcome. Know that when you feel uncomfortable, when you feel discomfort, you are at the edge of transformation. Unfortunately for me, I was stuck in repeating the same cycle for 25 years. Why? Because I was unwilling to be uncomfortable. Every time I would get uncomfortable, I would revert back to what made me feel comfortable. Now, it's important to understand that what makes us feel comfortable doesn't mean it's good for us. What makes us feel comfortable simply makes us avoid the feeling of fear, anxiety, and discomfort. But it means being stagnant because change transformation only comes from being uncomfortable. So we can say it only comes from for your willingness to be uncomfortable. So if you feel stuck in any area of your life, know that the only reason why you're stuck is because you are unwilling to be uncomfortable. Now, I just did a a coaching video on that inside of the intuitive eating project, because typically student, either from the the So You Want to Lose Weight workshop, which is our workshop to help women unpack their desire to lose weight to lesson three, there's a shift that happens in women's head that like, oh my God, it's really beyond the food. It moves from being, if you're a podcast listener, you have it intellectually in your head that it's beyond the food, that your relationship to food really has nothing to do with food because you heard me talk about this dozens of times. It's intellectualized, but it's not embodied. 
you haven't had that like ha 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 moment, you know, that like, oh my God, I get it moment. Typically that happens inside of a structured, a program or coaching. And then, so when these women have this moment in the intuitive eating project, they are uncomfortable and they are then being faced with the choice of going back to comfort, aka going back to dieting or moving through this discomfort in learning intuitive eating. Now the rate, the success rate of being willing to be uncomfortable, it's much higher when you are in a coaching program, which by the way, I forgot to say that at the beginning of the podcast today, if you're listening live, it is September the 19th and we are registering the new student for the October group format where we're going to follow the same lesson together. So if you are wanting to join us, I put the link in the show note, stephaniedozier.com slash 206. And I'd love to be working with you and coaching you through this discomfort so you can be successful. So I'm going to leave you with this thought before I start with my first lesson. What story of your life are you writing right now? And that's why I call them lessons, because think of them as chapter of a book right? I'm writing my book of life right now, right? And each one of those lessons will be a chapter in my autobiography. So the question you have to ask yourself is, which part of my story am I writing right now? So let's get started with lesson one of my story. In lesson one, this chapter is titled, Weight Stigma is Real and Freaking Powerful. So weight stigma is the concept of discrimination, negative attitude, or stereotyping based on the person's weight. Back when I was nine or 10 years old, I was faced with weight stigma. I had no clue what's called weight stigma back then, but because my body was different, I was taller than every kid. I was bigger than every kid. I had put on weight society that I lived in did not accept my body to be different. So I had a lot of bullying that happened to me. Even my family were afraid of my weight. Like in all their love that they had for me, they didn't wanted me to be different in a different body than society accepted. So my mom sent me to Weight Watcher, right? So weight stigma was present in my life. And that's what started my journey. If weight stigma wasn't in my life, I would have never gone to Weight Watcher and likely not be here today because I would have not put myself through dozens and dozens of diet. Now, one point I want you to understand and I I later learn is that there's two forms of weight stigma. There's externalized weight stigma, which is typically what we face first. And that's what I faced when I was 9, 10, 11, and 12, were people shaming me for my body. That's external weight stigma. But the most powerful form of weight stigma is internalized weight stigma when we, we shame ourselves with our body. Can you relate to that? That's what came later in my life. Right When I build up enough self-esteem and confidence in myself, likely in the early 20s, I no longer was a victim of externalized weight stigma. I was shaming myself. Like, And here's the thing, internalized weight stigma 
is even more potent than externalized weight stigma. Now, weight stigma is a big thing in science. If you look at the science of obesity, this is a huge segment of why people are overweight because of externalized or internalized weight stigma. It is recognized that the stress caused by weight stigma has a huge effect on our hormones, on our quantity of food we eat, on our habits. Like, it's no longer a myth, it is a fact. So how much of how you're thinking in your head, how much weight stigma are you imposing to yourself? I know for me, for 25 years, it was nearly daily. It moved from externalized to internalized, and I created my own pain. Like, I created the reason why I was using food to numb because I was shaming myself. So the lesson here is I didn't know that it was weight stigma. Externalized weight stigma kicked me into the cycle of dieting, but later on I created my own weight stigma. I learned that I can't punish myself into what I want. I was stuck in that story that the more brutal that I was with myself, the more likely I would be to change my habit for 25 years. And it's not until I moved away from that, that real transformation started to happen and I started to be happier and more confident and all the goody stuff. Let me move on to lesson two. Lesson two, when I look back at my life, is diet culture is a powerful motherfucker (laughs) and it's a monster, but it's optional. So if you're new to the podcast, let me quickly define what diet culture is. Diet culture doesn't mean being on a diet, though it's part of it, but it's not the concept. Diet culture is a system of belief that worship tinness and equate to your health and moral virtue, which means that you can spend your whole life thinking you're broken just because you don't look like the impossibly thin ideal, aka, right, internalized weight stigma, right? Diet culture promotes weight loss as a mean of attaining this higher status, this thin body ideal, and diet culture demonizes certain way of eating while elevating others. Currently, keto is better than low fat, right? It puts a value on food. And diet culture oppresses people who don't match up to this supposed picture of health and higher value that is the thin body ideal. So if you don't belong to this, you're not as, quote, good as people who are thin. And we see that on a medium like Instagram, for example, right? People that have a thin body have more followers than people who don't, right? So that's diet culture. That's what it is. It's real. I had no clue it existed. I thought that was the way life was. Like when somebody presented me with the idea that I could actually live my life and not pursue being in a thinner body. It didn't even sink into my brain. It was so foreign that I kind of deny it. I I just passed right through it because it was impossible. So diet culture is real. Like you, we, 
me, you, we have a choice to participate in it. We have a choice to desire to be in a thinner body or not. And the suffering caused by wanting to be in a thinner body is completely optional. Again, 25 years of my life were spent being unaware that this ultimate body is a choice. And that leads me to lesson three. Repeat or evolve my choice. And that happened around my late 30s when I was presented with this diet culture concept and not needing to be in a thinner body. And then I realized that my entire life was a series of choices. I could choose to repeat my action, therefore have the same results, or I could change my choices and evolve. Now, it's entirely my choice, and then it becomes my responsibility. And that was a huge shift from being in the victim mindset, life happens to me, instead of life happens for me. When you really integrate this concept of choices in your life being simply a series of choices and you take responsibility for your choices, then everything takes on a positive purpose, right? Because you choose where your life will unfold You make the choice, no one else. And that to me, if you look back at major events in my life, that happened, that realization really integrated itself when I was 36, at the end of my 36th year, beginning of 37, when I collapsed on stage, right? I collapsed on stage at the peak of my corporate career. My body was exhausted from constant battle and weight stigma and negative mindset and on and off diet. And I was diagnosed with five chronic conditions, right? High blood pressure, high cholesterol, anxiety, panic attack, and depression. And for each one of those conditions was prescribed a medication. That was the solution that the medical world had for me. And I chose, I made the choice to not engage in this choice, but choosing something else. And that then became my choice, my responsibility. And then for that, I then, because it was my responsibility and my choice, I knew that I needed support, right? I took the responsibility and hired a coach. And that coach recommended me to what was going to become my next lesson, right? In this world of empowerment, of responsibility, of making choices, I met someone called Janine Roth. Janine Roth is the author of a book called Woman, Food, and God. And I remember the day that I was reading her book. I was poolside in Florida, and I had a, quote, bad word coming, holy shit moment. That's the Holy shit moment that led me to integrate the concept, which is lesson four, it's beyond the food. That moment in my life 
right? Which I was describing to you earlier is what my students have in the intuitive eating project where they're like, oh my God, it's beyond the food. I had it pull side and it deeply changed my relationship to food because I realized that I was using food to numb my discomfort. And then I realized that I hated being uncomfortable. And then I did all kinds of things in my life beyond food to avoid discomfort. This pattern of using food was just one of the many pattern I was using to avoid being uncomfortable. People pleasing, perfectionism, right? All those diet brain pattern that I referred over the last number of shows were just a way for me to stay comfortable, to avoid change. And that created for me this awareness that it's really not about the food. So that leads me into lesson five, which is wellness diet and healthy body is just BS. So let me explain to that. While I was working through the fact that it was beyond the food and I was working through Janine's Rutt's book and her teaching and I was working with my coach on understanding the connection between my emotion and my thought, like this was becoming an awareness for me and I was seeing how it affected my life, I realized that it wasn't about eating less and moving more, that there was more to it. So then entered in my life, wellness diet, right? I'm not going to diet anymore. I'm going to chase health. And that came into the package of, in that time was paleo. Back in those days, paleo was this thing where you didn't diet, you just restricted a whole bunch of food out of your diet, and you chase quality of food. And in my head, it validate this right? It's not about losing weight, but I'm going to fix my body, right? I'm going to balance my hormones, my neurotransmitters. I'm going to fix my body and I'm going to stop chasing weight loss that I taught, right? So this, this place of wellness diet, which is exactly that, right? Wellness diet is this new package from the weight loss industry that moves people from publicly saying that they're chasing weight loss, but moves them into health and chasing health by restricting food and taking a whole bunch of supplements and doing detox and protocol. So I embrace myself into this world of wellness diet. All the while, I was still chasing weight loss. It was just a new package, but I didn't see that. And then so I went on a a two-year bent of like being obsessed with my health and being frustrated because it didn't work. Though I was getting, quote, healthier upon the metrics that Wellness Diet was giving me, I was still in my head not fixed because I wasn't being in a thin body. And it was still a headache and restriction a food that sent me into this path of binge eating. Like I was overeating before, but I wasn't binging and 
paleo and keto, particularly keto, triggered this binge eating because it was so restrictive and my body was so angry at me for restricting still and chasing a thinner body but not admitting it to myself. And then that threw me into the world of disordered eating behavior and binge eating. And then someone sent me a book to read that was called Health at Every Size. So I had read Janine, I understood it was beyond the food, but I was caught into this world of wellness diet and then health at every size came in. And I refused to read it. Well, not true. I read the first chapter and I was so triggered. Remember I gave you a triggered warning at the beginning? That was a huge trigger for me because the book Health at Every Size pretty much says you can be healthy right? And you can chase health independent of your weight. Well, by me being placed in front of this fact, it basically said that everything that I was doing wasn't going to get me where I wanted to be. And that was offending to me. And I see that now every day, right? I'll put a picture of myself on social media in a full body, and I'll get a whole bunch of unfollowers. Everything is fine until they see that I can be happy, that I can be healthy in a bigger body. That triggers the people. And funny enough, those people are in bigger body, right? But it really challenged what they're doing right now. And then they get offended by that. They don't know how to deal with this discomfort. So what do they do? They unfollow me. It's easier to avoid the whole thing than to deal with it. So it took two times for me to be sent health at every size book by two different people to finally read it. And then that led me to lesson six. You can't hate yourself to happiness. I have to accept my body. I had to do the work. And what I call the work is accepting myself as I am today. And that is a different type of work than dieting. Not that this work of accepting my body is physically harder. It's not emotionally harder or mentally harder. It's just different. But again, the base principle is being able to be uncomfortable, right? And I was still practicing this. So that was just another lesson that came into my life. The book was the teacher and the two people that sent me that book were my teacher to force me to go to another area of my life that was uncomfortable, which is to accept my body. And I had to learn new tools to work through body acceptance, right? Mirror exercise and doing certain type of journaling and then breathing. All these tools had to be learned, meaning they had to become a beginner again. And that is uncomfortable for most of us, right? But that got me to this beautiful place of quote, creating or embracing body neutrality that I now teach. Would I have never been presented with health at every size or Janine's Roth book or have had external weight stigma and then internally weight stigmatize myself for years, I wouldn't be where I am today teaching you and hosting this podcast and having the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. These were all lessons and teachers in my life that allow me to create what now helps hundreds of women. 
And body neutrality is a part of that, right? Is that place where you can embrace yourself as you are, including the parts you don't like, and moving from a place of using your body as self-worth and self-esteem to a place of functionality. So it's completely re-engineering how and why we engage with our body. It then led me to the last lesson, which is the one of intuitive eating, right? Intuitive eating is this gateway to health and happiness. And again, intuitive eating came to me a few times. And to be honest, the first two times that it was presented to me through colleagues who sent me a book and sent me links, I refused to read it. Or I would read the first chapter or or listen to the first podcast episode they would send me. I'm like, nah, no, 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 not, not for me, right? And then... Evelyn Trebali, right, came into my life. For those who don't know who Evelyn is, Evelyn is one of the two co-authors of the Intuitive Eating book and a researcher with her colleague Elise Reich that researched this framework that is now called Intuitive Eating, which is one of the entry point of my teaching is learning to change our relationship to food, moving to this place of self-care, when it comes to our food instead of a desire for weight loss. But to be able to be able to receive this information, I had to have the learning lessons from before. And part of moving our relationship to food to a place of self-care requires us to kind of accept our body. You see how beautiful life is? It just stacked those lessons, one behind the other, put the right coaches in my life, the right program in my life, the right people who sent me the information so I can learn from each one of those lessons and grow and grow and grow and grow and become a better version of myself. Because that integration happened when I collapsed on stage and I was then moved to a place of putting my life into this context of choices and learning and life happening for me instead of to me. And when this shift is well integrated and you're comfortable with it, then the rest of your life looks different because you're constantly learning and shifting and growing and evolving. So, What story are you writing right now? Which chapter of your autobiography are you writing right now? Are you stuck in chapter two for the last 20 years? Or are you moving through perhaps chapter seven, eight, nine, and 12 and constantly stacking the learning and the teachers in your life? So let me recap quickly the lessons as we close this podcast. Lesson one happened really young in my life, which was weight stigma. That weight stigma is real and freaking powerful. Lesson two was diet culture. And diet culture in itself is a monster, but it's optional. Lesson three was repeat or evolve. Everything in life is a choice. Lesson four, it's beyond the food, right? When I read the book from Janine Roth, it's really not about the food. 
Lesson five, wellness diet is the evolution of diet culture and healthy body and the chase of a, quote, healthy body via wellness diet. It's just another form of dieting. Lesson six, you can't hate yourself to health and happiness. And lesson seven, intuitive eating is the gateway to health and happiness. This is where I am in my book. What's going to happen in the future, I don't know. But I know for certain that I'm going to continue to write chapters in my book. And I'm going to continue to teach those chapters when I'm really comfortable in that element of my life, of my own story. Currently, the chapter I'm writing is about the mindset and self-coaching. And I have been practicing that for the last two years and learning from different people and being in different program. And now I started to teach it. So for the first time, I'm teaching self-coaching in my signature program, the Going to Beyond the Food Academy, where I'm actually sharing with people the different tools that I learn and that I use every day to coach myself. Because I believe that if you can learn to coach yourself, you are a winner for the rest of your life. If you have the tool to know how to work your mindset, you can achieve anything for the rest of your life. So the Going to Beyond the Food Method keeps evolving as my story is being written. So there you have it. My story 2.0, 2019 update. I can't wait to do a 2021 2021 update in two years from now and see which lesson I can stack up at the end of this. As you can tell in my voice, I'm really excited because that's how I see my life. When you make that shift, you see your life as literally a movie that you get to be the main character. So your quick exercise today or for this podcast is to really grab your journal and write at the top of it, what is the story I'm currently writing in my autobiography? Which chapter of my book am I writing right now? What am I learning right now? I'd love to hear from you perhaps through social media, or if you're one of my students in the program, how sharing this helped you. If you could also leave us a review, that would be extremely helpful for us to rank the podcast higher so more women get the opportunity to listen to our message of going beyond the food. And when I say our, is you and I, right? Because when you start in this journey, we are in it together as a community. So leave us a review on your iPhone through the app. It'll say there, leave a review. Stitcher does the same thing. It makes it super easy for you to do it. And I would really appreciate it. So we have another great podcast coming in next week. And it's going to be Guide 101 to Body Neutrality. Everything you've ever wanted to know about body neutrality will be in this episode. I want to make this a cornerstone that when people come to the podcast, they can go there to learn everything there is to be about body neutrality. I love you, sister, and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode.